Cool. Let's start the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yeah. Get the guys. Here we go. How we start the show. Get it, get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. All right, Michael, yes. over there. Here we are, episode seven. I love that opening song, dude. It's, if you uh, guys were on Google Hangouts with us, you'd see us both dancing while we were playing that intro song. So we'll play. That it is the by. End too. Uh, tell us who where that song's from. That song. That song is by Physical Forms. It's you can find it on the the Deer Hoof split on Five uh, RC. No, it's on Polyvinyl Records. On the seven-inch split with beer hoof. Check I it out. Feel, Physical I feel forms. Like, I feel like you just spoke a foreign language <laughs> just now. <laughs> it's on Deer Hoof Centaur. Uh, you can get it on Vinyl Benedale. Um And and what's your relationship with that band? Uh, I, I I wrote and recorded the music for for Physical Forms. And there you go, folks. Yeah. That's one of JJ's songs. Good stuff. We might, so, uh, we might it, only might you might we might only play uh, original material on this. Uh, we will pirate media. a million pictures for our social media because <laughs> until we can find a good artist we want to work with, but we will only use original music. I uh, asked my sister to. I asked my younger sister to make some images for us, but I think she's just going to steal them from the internet too. So <laughs> I think we just need to find somebody we can pay. To make some 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 cool images for us. So if you're listening and you are an artist and you uh, you know how to draw cartoon bears, yeah, check out our Facebook page. We stole some really cool images for our <laughs> our Facebook page, and uh, we need to we need to legitimize the artwork on there so we don't get uh, cease and desist orders. Um, but right now, since we're not making any money, we don't feel bad. But uh, yeah, June thirtieth. Um, you might hear the occasional firework going off or explosion at both of our houses. So just be aware. That's what it is. Um, welcome to the show. We got a couple of things we want to talk about today about cryptocurrency and blockchain in general. So uh, you want to lead it off, Jay? Yeah, sure. So, uh, well, the first thing on our list isn't isn't directly related to to cryptocurrency, but that's about the Ulrich uh the lack of appeal um that's the supreme court right was that a supreme yeah, court yeah supreme court denied his uh appeal D- denied denied listening to his appeal so that means that he will be in jail for life so uh you know w- you might have heard the name because he was one of the creator of the silk road right the, the, he was the founder of the silk road yeah yeah, and uh, and how long has he been in in how long has he been in prison now? For, I'm not uh, like sure. A few years. A couple years now, yeah. But this is a guy who didn't break any laws, right? I mean, no, he broke a lot of laws. <laughs> he 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 did. Okay, so he yeah. didn't just create a marketplace. I no, think that's a well, lot of, that's that's, so that's he, the, he created he created a marketplace which is which was illegal because it was selling illegal drugs and multiple people died from overdosing on these drugs. So technically. He is uh, responsible for that, but then but you, also apparently he took he tried to pay five different hitmen to um, cover his ass in when he was kind of getting um, when the FBI was going after him. That's probably where he went a bit too far. Yeah, <laughs> I, I and mean, the funny thing you... was the funny thing was is the FBI who were going after him ended up stealing a bunch of Bitcoin from Silkra, and now they're in jail too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, and I think the argument could be made that like, okay, so it's illegal to create a marketplace for illegal stuff, but that wasn't why he created. I, that's his argument, right? Is that he didn't create it to for illegal for for illicit substances. He didn't create it for illegal activities. He didn't create a marketplace for that. He just created a marketplace. What's wrong with that? Um, true, true. But I mean, it was also a dark web marketplace, wasn't it? It wasn't, you know, when you're when you're creating a marketplace in the underworld, 
So, you, you so can't does that be mean surprised, quote unquote, that people are doing nefarious things? Yeah, but I mean, that does that make everything you do on on the dark net illegal? No, because I mean, it just it's yeah, that's that's a that's a moral dilemma, right? There. I mean, it's we we wanted to talk about the idea, or I did at least, the idea of self governance and and as a liberal who doesn't believe in um, trickle down theory. Uh, the idea of self-governance, like Wall Street's always saying, we want to self-govern, we want to self-govern. And we, when, when the U.S. lets them self-govern, when they deregulate Wall Street, you know, we have the 2008 disaster again, which replicated the uh, Great Depression uh, deregulation that happened right before then. Uh, you know, so every time we allow people who deal with money to self-regulate, nothing really ever seems... <laughs> And anything good seems to happen from that. Um, yeah, and uh, and and when when they're regulating something, they don't really understand. Like there 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 probably there there could have been a. I don't I don't really know if there could have been a better way to deal with the Silk Road situation. I mean, maybe making an example out of the guy is what they have to do. But I would think that I don't know. That's. That legally, I don't. That kind of walks a line for me. I don't really see that he did anything wrong, except hire hitmen. <laughs> and uh, but I mean, to 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 create a marketplace doesn't seem like something that should be illegal. It like it's kind of like BitTorrent uh, as a as a as a place where people share a lot of pirated material, a lot of pirated software. Like that's not really that's not a that's not illegal in and of itself. It's the it's it's the fact that people share this stuff, and sure, yeah. But you know I mean, I'm also saying. nobody's dying from that. So if you're if you're creating a marketplace for illegal drugs and people die from that transaction, what but what, what are, relationship do you have? Yeah, by allowing that to happen, by creating the code to allow that to happen. Okay, so if you create the code that allows people to that 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 allows for people to to do their evil stuff and people to die from it like uh, how far removed do you have to be from people dying that what to how far removed do you have to be for it to not be illegal for you to not go to prison for the rest of your life you know because well, i don't think just for that he should have gone to jail for the rest of his life just for creating i mean at, at worst that would be I mean, I don't, it's not even, it'd be like an accessory to murder, but not even that because it's manslaughter because the person didn't personally murder them. They right. sold them some illegal drugs, so that'd probably be manslaughter. So he'd be an accessory to manslaughter. Yeah, so but I mean- five people went to jail, maybe what, 15, 20 years tops? And he's out, out on good so, behavior. Like, I think he screwed himself when he tried to have people killed. But then again, we don't even know that. That's just the FBI saying that. They, they could have right. easily manipulated something or created something because right now I feel like if they say this guy wrote code to do this and he made a phone call to kill somebody, I don't know. I want to believe that it's hard for them to create that kind of evidence against somebody. But yeah, with I, everything I mean, going on, I'm always just a little skeptical. I mean, when you have people dying from, you know, People, people shooting each other in this country, and the people making the guns are not responsible at all. Exactly. I mean, that's pretty. That's that's far removed enough where the law is protecting those those gun creators, those gun makers, the gun manufacturers, or whatever. Um, but technically, but yeah. guns aren't against the law, so that's yeah. the difference. That's the but shooting people yeah. is. And yes, they, and they often die from being shot. Yes, yes, that is true. Anyway, then, on to so, cryptocurrencies. So, yeah, so so the idea of self governance in the cryptocurrency world, I think when you're, you're when you're ever dealing with money and you start to deal with a lot of money, people tend to get corrupted pretty quickly. And so the idea of self governance when you have that kind of power in your hand, it's it's I've never come across. There's a reason why our constitution is so durable is because it doesn't allow any single person to have that much power in our, in our government. There's a million checks and balances, not a million, literally, but there are a lot of checks and balances every single step of the way to not allow somebody to become a dictator in this country. And so the idea of self-governance, if, if you say that America is the most successful democracy in the history of the world, and it's based off of a constitution that has checks and balances because they, it, it specifically doesn't believe in self-governance, 
then why would you think some utopian self-governing state could possibly exist when, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand how anybody can think that that would actually work. What about you? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, as far as like the constitution, let's, let's see how, let's see how, how well it does work. Let's hope we don't have a dictator anytime soon. Yeah. Like in the next six months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, good. Glad we talked about that. Now yeah. let's talk about some crypto. Yes. Well, so, um, yeah. Um, well, when it comes to governance, we also have some, uh, we have the Tron elections, which is, uh, it caught Woo-hoo! my eye. I was, uh, you, know, you know what? The thing about, the thing about Tron is that, man, like, Tron has been like Paper the butt of, it's, it's been such a, like the butt of so many jokes. And yet, like, they're kind of doing stuff. I mean, there are, there are, I think there actually will be like decent applications built on this platform. I think that it actually is going to be doing a lot of the stuff that they promised. Um, and so far there hasn't been any issues with it, but we did have just such a crazy fiasco with EOS that I think there's a lot of pressure on Tron to get it right. Now they're actually taking the steps to have a very decentralized, uh, decentralized platform, a very, I mean, they want to, they want to get rid of the governing bodies that they've had for the token. And I think that's interesting and we'll see if they can do it the right way. And that's not the way EOS, EOS has been doing it. Um, or that they, that's not the way that EOS has not been doing it very well. Let's see if they, they, are, they, let's, they are literally a train wreck. I mean, God, I gotta stop saying literally. They are a train wreck. They're, yeah, they're a train wreck. And I think that it's probably worth pointing out that, you know, now this, this, uh, this cryptocurrency, this mega platform, which was supposed to be so extremely distributed and decentralized from the beginning. That was its promise. That's what Dan Larimer said was the most important thing about cryptocurrency. Um, and now they've had a problem with block producers having too much control. And now the 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 company that created EOS and was responsible for for designing the, the inception of it is now going in to say, okay, the block producers screwed up. We've got to take control again. I got to make it centralized one last time. Just one last time, they'll make it centralized before we can turn it over to the people for them to screw it all up again. It's um, just, I mean, and, and you got to, like, these guys are getting paid $10,000 a day to be block producers. Something like that, yeah. That's, that's, crazy. that's crazy. That is so much money. I would totally be a block producer on my little MacBook Pro. I wonder, like, I wonder what the conversation was like before, like, I don't know. Dan Larimer and his and his buddies are like, yeah, like we'll just get a bunch of people to run for block producer, and then they'll they'll be the ones responsible for actually creating this thing that we designed. And if they don't do it right, well, I'm sure it'll turn out fine in the end. And that's not the way it's happened. So Tron now has this microscope on it because they've been criticized for so many things: a oh, pump and dump, oh, their vaporware, oh, it's just a marketing thing. Uh, it's, uh, all the theft of IP and all their white paper stuff, just copy and paste, copy and paste. Well, I mean, a lot of, I, I think some of the best white papers are actually copied. Yeah. I I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think so many white papers are just plagiarized and I think they kind of have to be to, to a degree. I mean, the Tron white paper isn't actually that bad, but. Yeah, no, it's been like they've had that accusation. Oh, they've stolen this. They haven't done anything in an original way. So so why have they been successful so far? Why was their why was their mainnet launch like relatively uneventful? I mean, in a good way. So something is something is happening right for Tron, I think. And but we'll see. I mean, we'll see. There hasn't been nearly as much promise of development. That's something that we haven't I I don't know a single application that I mean, Tron is supposed to be this mega application for all kinds of media, and and I mean, I mean, I hear like Samsung's partnering with and all these other big companies, but yeah, it's like at a certain point, like how, why would, how would that benefit Tron to partner with Samsung? Yeah, the only thing that I've heard about Tron is it's relatively easy to build upon, but I don't really know. I'm not a developer. I can't, I can't really speak to that. Well, James um, Hoskinson 
um, tweeted yesterday or the day before. Hey, you Charles. The, the Charles, Car- yeah, Cardano Charles. guy. James. What, what did I say? It's his evil twin brother. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the worst TV show ever. But James is um, a twin brother that takes all the selfies, <clears throat> while Charles is the one that does all the math yeah. work. Or it'd be the best soap opera, whatever, <laughs> whichever one. Uh, he tweeted, hey, why don't you run your system on Cardano because it's easier and faster. Yeah, he's a prick, um, though. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Don't you think that just because I told you that? No, I I mean, well, maybe, but now every time I see a tweet of his, it's him like shitting on another coin. It's like him being the yeah. most unsupportive guy in crypto. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> come on, douche. It's like, Stop being mean to everybody. Okay. Nobody, like, nobody wants that guy. And and he does the, oh, uh, yeah, I don't want to go on a rant about Hoskinson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, look, He's I mean, the reason you a... don't like him is the reason I don't like the IOTA guys. It's like, we don't, I, I feel like we don't need negativity from the devs there's plenty of trolls in crypto land it's amazing to to be negative so, for them they need to be positive and and supportive and and work with other people like this is the this is look like what i would say to the devs is you'll be lucky if you're here in five years so stop burning bridges because the more bridges you have if your project falls apart People are going to start pulling you in if you're positive and you work hard and, and you know, you'll just end up on a different great project that that will last. But if you keep on burning your bridges, like no one wants to work with you. And then all of a sudden you're just 10 years from now, crypto's huge and you're an outsider. Yeah. I'm, it's like, why wouldn't you just be positive? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't you want all of this attention coming into the world of crypto, no matter where it comes from? So- yeah. So yeah, so I'm just getting back. To, I don't want to talk forever about Tron and their mainnet launch and their elections and everything, but I do want to just point out, at least from my perspective, I sort of see Tron as the kind of epitome of cryptocurrency in 2017, 2018. It's like this thing that had so much hype. There were so many emotions and like, you know, you're not supposed to have a lot of emotions when you're investing and when you're trading. Like these are things that People say, oh, yeah, you know, you shouldn't invest with your emotions. And people get so emotional about Tron. And uh, and for, for a while, you know, it'll like for one week, it'll be the most popular cryptocurrency. And the next week, you can't even mention it without just getting slammed in social media. So to me, I, I like to equate it to the Apple Android fanboy uh, fan fanboy yeah. wars because it's like, but, it, you know, they pick a tribe and they stick to it no matter what. But even but that but. At the same time, I think like, you know, in February when Tron, you know, crashed really hard, I think people really did hate it. But that emotional roller coaster just embodies the volatility of crypto. So in a way, Tron is kind of the perfect cryptocurrency for this last year. It it, it represents a lot of what people were going through, whether they whether you like it or not. So the fact that, you know, it's rolling out its main net, it's uh, the they're they're electing their own um Genesis block people. I I don't want to call them block producers because even though that's kind of what they are, um, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And but it's you made a good point when it when it crashed, people started to hate on Tron so badly. And when Neo and when Neo crashed, people were like, oh, you know, there's some there's some problems with it. But I think the difference is is there's a ton of apps being built on Neo. Yeah, and I can't list a single one that's being built on. No, Tron. we don't know anything about Tron really. Like, I, uh, it, if you weren't uh, around last year, let's see, Tron, I think really exploded. I want to say late December or early January. Early January, I want to say that's when it really yeah. took off. It, so there were a few coins last year that just kind of shocked the world, and and you know a couple most of them didn't actually do anything you know there was like iota and cardano and verge and tron and like nobody actually knew what they did even cardano which is you know supposed to be a high, high and mighty project like no one really knows what it does yet um and tron it was definitely no one really knew what it was people just loved the graphic and they loved the they loved justin sun as like a you know some sort of crypto rock star which is yeah all he was really um Anyway, moving on. That's what we got on Tron. So now, yeah. uh, 
Michael, you wanted to talk about Nano again, and this yeah, like, so like I, I was in the I was on Reddit, which you know you should never go on to because it's a cesspool. But I, actually, Nano's Reddit group isn't isn't so bad. Um, but there are a few people who've consistently for the past six months been pushing Nano, and I think Ven is doing uh, V Chain's doing this with Vthor is uh, they're changing. They're increasing the uh, the amount of tokens. So if you have one, you'll end up with fifty or something like that. So like it, you know, it's it's a multiplier. So the value is dropping, but they're going to give you the equal amount of tokens for the same amount of value. Uh, so you'll have more tokens, same value um, overall. And people were saying, well, you know, nano, nano means something small, and. I'm I'm pretty sure nano means a billion, so it doesn't really mean something small. But they're like, Ray, Ray you know, I don't want to pay. Rayblox means yeah, something. Like, like, they're like, I don't want to pay 0. 0.042 nano for a cup of coffee. That's just too confusing. And and I'm like, well, you know, it's think about satoshis. You know, people pay you'll pay like ten thousand satoshis for a cup of coffee, and it's no big deal. Like, and, and you're not even really gonna. I don't know, like people, it's going to have a number next to it on the cash register and you're going to look at it and you're going to send it and it's not going to be that big a deal. It's not like you have to actually type in the number 0.042, you know. Um, So it got me thinking about the idea of inflationary and deflationary. And so right now, Bitcoin, so right now Bitcoin has eight decimals, meaning eight eight numbers past the decimal and uh, nano has, I think 33. So we can get really, really small. Um, but Bitcoin, like it, Bitcoin would have to get to like $1.6 trillion or something like that for one Satoshi to be like $10. Really? I think I, I forget the math. It was like well, yeah, it was something, no. it was something huge. It, uh, Quintillion. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what the what the math is on that, <clears throat> but it doesn't. Somebody, seem like I, it. it was. I, I looked at the math, and it's it's enormous. It's 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 pretty. So why JJ looks that up, I'll I'll keep uh, talking. But it made me start thinking about deflationary versus inflationary because, and the idea of um, accruing wealth and and the problems we have right now with wealth wealth distribution and from the poor to the rich with the tactics they're using and deflationary um, is where you're the value of your dollar decreases over time. So when we print more money, your dollar is worth less. So if you've saved up your entire life, all these dollars and every year they print more dollars, your savings account is worth less and less and less. It's the same number, but you can actually buy less with it. And so the idea of inflationary where, if a company or if, you know, like with Binance, they burn coins. So it's actually inflating the value of it every time they do a burn every quarter or just a stagnant Reducing supply. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just a stagnant number. It's always the same. So, um, you know, when your grandparents, so if we were using Bitcoin a hundred years ago and your, and your great grandparents were, or your grandparents bought a, bought a cup of coffee for 50 cents, it would still cost 50 cents now. Um, that's the idea like so versus like five dollars of what we're paying now hmm. um well and it just made me question the idea of with deflationary spending with deflation with with increasing the amount of money and giving it to poor people or give or giving it out because rich people keep collecting and collecting and collecting and collecting and you have people like the Waltons who own Walmart who have you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in their in their accounts between their entire family, and you have Jeff Bezos, and you have these people who are just like monster wealth, and they just keep collecting more and more and more, and, and that money isn't getting redistributed back into the country because they're not buying anything with it; they're just they're just hoarding it, they're hodling it, um, and so the idea is if if what's the option at that point? Like if they're taking all the money, does stuff just keep getting worth is stuff cheaper and cheaper. So if you could buy a cup of coffee for a dollar, 
but then Jeff Bezos collects another hundred billion dollars and they don't print any more money and people just have less money. Does that cough, does that cup of coffee now go down to 50 cents? Um, and so I'm wondering if that same thing could happen with Bitcoin where it just gets to a point where people are lucky to have like a hundred Satoshis because you got to think it's, it's the entire world. So there's 7 billion people right now on the planet. There's only 21 million total Bitcoin once they're all mined. And so we're going to be dealing with Satoshis at that point. But if people right now have thousands of Bitcoin in their pocket, that's a huge amount that's kind of pulled out of the system versus if you start off a system where every single person, if you started, if you started Bitcoin now with say 7 billion and you gave every single person in the world one Bitcoin and then you said, okay, go. Like, how would that work? Like, what would you do? And uh, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling, but I don't, it made me think I of don't, like inflationary versus deflationary. I don't know exactly what that looked like. I mean, we're not economists here and we should probably get one on the show at some point because otherwise we'll talk yeah. ourselves into a lot of bullshit. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, if if one Satoshi equaled $1, is if it's eight, we have, we have eight decimal points. So one Satoshi is, is, yeah. uh, is, is, is uh, 10 to the power of, or one to the power of negative eight. So that means that one Bitcoin would have to be worth $100 million for one Satoshi to be equal to $1. So, so, um, I'm not exactly sure if, uh, rich people hoarding dollars would make, I mean, that would make the value that, so you're saying that, that uh, if there's fewer dollars in circulation, that would make the supply more scarce, which which generally yes. makes the value go up. But yes. we also have other factors making the U.S. dollar worth less, and it seems that we have more. We have we have the U. We have the dollar being worth less over time faster than even than rich people can hoard it because our our, yeah. our money is going down in value coffee is more yeah, expensive you gotta, than it was 50 years ago yeah but you're thinking in terms of uh country and mm-hmm. so if with bitcoin there's not going to be each country right you know devaluing their dollar to you know for trade wars and this and that and so bitcoin will um, continue to go up in value it will go up and down in value and up and down until at some just like gold and then at some point uh at some point it will probably the volatility will even out the market will ensure that will will uh will mature and i i mean i always just this is the way i always thought of it is that we'd get less volatility as as bitcoin went up in value I think that is kind of the idea that most people have with um, with an asset that's scarce like that. When there's a fixed supply, yeah. I mean, if we're if here's the thing. So if I think it also depends on whether Bitcoin becomes a store of value or if we they people really try to make it a currency. So if it's a currency, it's going to stabilize a lot faster than if it's a store of value. Because if it's a store of value, it'd be like it'll be like gold. People are just using it to pass along large amounts of wealth and store stuff for security. They're not actually using it. Like nobody uses gold. Yeah. I mean, they use it, but then. Outside of like in technology, there's, you know, people are using gold in technology right now and cell phones and smartphones. And Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I, at this point, I don't think anybody can really say that they believe that Bitcoin is going to be used as a currency. I think I think most people have it in their heads that this is not going to get any better as this is not going to become a technology that is is adopted that way. But well, really yeah. I mean, see. I was listening to uh, um, what's his name, Song, oh, Cowboy Jimmy Hat. Song, yeah, Jimmy Song, and he said uh, he was in a podcast and he said um, there's a lot of cryptos out there, and the ones that are currencies aren't fixing any of Bitcoin's problems. And I was just like, what the fuck kind of comment is that? Like, Litecoin fixed a lot of 
Bcash fixes problems, Litecoin fixes problems, Digibyte fixes problems, and the king of them all is Nano, which just came out a couple of days ago that Binance had a listing and it was rated the fastest cryptocurrency on but, Binance. But what Jimmy is saying is that there's no real like there's no there's no pain points of the current pay- payment system that we have that people are going to reach out and go, oh yeah, cryptocurrency is the answer for that. I mean, it's really no, no, no. He was saying he was saying that there's no cryptocurrency beyond Bitcoin that is going to stand up as an actual currency because none of them solve any of Bitcoin's problems. Oh yeah, and I, I was think just that's like, total. What, what kind of comment is that? Like, that's ridiculous. Like every single one that's that was made after Bitcoin solved pretty much every single one. And he's like, well, it, they don't solve it enough, well enough. I'm like, okay, so you have Nano, which has two second transfer times and they're free. Yeah, I don't, I mean- Versus all the other ones that cost money. Yeah, I mean, that just that's, that's the whole, say that. I don't, yeah, I don't quite understand Bitcoin maximalism because it just seems like there's way too many uses for, not, like not just, not just, you know, blockchain for payment systems, but there's so much utility. I mean, there's so much potential utility. I don't, I don't see how you can, how you can argue against that. I think that we're seeing, even the 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 spawn of of an entire industry kind of before our eyes and even even if it's not being used for very much right now uh, i mean it's hard it's hard to deny that we're we're seeing a lot of interest in in it and yeah i don't know i don't buy it personally i i see it i see it i see the the future is being full of different um currencies and blockchain projects and applications yeah, I just think having a permanent ledger of something, I think, is in a in a crazy proof yeah. of concept. And it, I could see Bitcoin being the one ledger internationally that people can store information. Yeah, and on. like, I, I, it's a little impractical to have Bitcoin be a, a a payment system that has you know an 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 infinitely long an infinitely growing ledger, like, uh, like, you know, just a, uh, an infinitely long list of people's payments. That doesn't seem like a very good payment system to me, but no, cause why would you want to pay <laughs> to buy a cup of coffee and have it be there? And, forever, but but yeah. if you Who wanted that to store, but if you wanted to store information to last a lifetime, like a deed to a house, it's amazing. And you, and you wanted to pay $17 Bitcoin fee. Like, you know, this is once all the mining's over once the mining's over, they're, the 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 rates are going to jack up because no one's going to want to mine. No one's going to want to process those payments if the if the value isn't covering the cost of electricity to run your miners. Yeah, well, that'll so be it's a- gonna it's gonna hit into a, it's gonna hit a serious wall at that point, and you're gonna have to charge twenty five thirty bucks. So I could see like if you, if I wanted to register one of my scripts forever. And I, I would totally pay fifty, sixty dollars for that, a hundred bucks to register my script forever. Oh, that is so I could go anywhere in the world and I could say, see, I own this IP. Yeah. This is mine. I created it. I would totally or think pay about that. like insurance or something like that, where you actually need you need to prove something to the world, not just a, a lawyer of another party. You actually need to you actually need something that everybody can look at and go, Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You actually signed this deed. Or you you uh you paid for this thing. I I think that yeah. yeah I I think in the future lawyers are going to have to be computer programmers because they're going to need to have to understand this stuff. So I think sure. and and if, and if that's the think... case, then we will have we will have altcoins in the future. We will have we will have something to represent these these other networks, these other platforms that provide this stuff to us. I just don't see a way around it. I just think like they're also with, in terms of Bitcoin, I don't see people putting um, the euro in their retirement account or US dollar in their retirement account. Like they're they're putting you know, gold and stocks and bonds and this and that. Like I don't really see anybody, you know, in their 401k having US dollars or the or the euro. So I couldn't see them putting Bitcoin in their 401k or the retirement account if it was just a payment platform. But if it was a store of value like gold, I could easily see them choosing to to put that in there. So I feel like it's in cryptocurrency's best interest 
for Bitcoin to become a, a store of value. Because as soon as that happens, Fidelity, Vanguard, all these big retirement companies are going to want to make sure that they have some crypto, some Bitcoin in, in their people's accounts. Like even if it's just like 3%, just some. And that's going to all of a sudden globalize Bitcoin on a mass scale. But they're not going to do it if it's if it's a currency like Nano. You know that's that's meant to be used day to day. You just why would you do that? It's it's you know, yeah. if everyone in the world is using it as a currency, it's going to stabilize and just going to be a, a, a very very stable price once everybody adopts it. Yeah. So yeah, I I wonder when these big like you know I guess we have hedge funds already investing in Bitcoin. I on Thursday I had an interesting meeting with. Well, I, I met with somebody who is who is involved with crypto, crypto investing for Bloomberg. It was an interesting meeting. Um, I don't know how much I should talk about it, but uh, it, I, 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 I <laughs> well, then don't bring no, it up, no, jerk. Because now you got me excited yeah, okay. about it, and I want to know well, about it. All this person, all this person said was that this person has a has a. I, is it is it the person I know, no. or like is the person that that you've that I no that no a different person, different about? person, different, different person. person. Okay. Uh, but th- this person said it was pretty hard for them to convince their their superiors to invest in the things that that they were. It's their job to get their bosses to invest in cryptocurrencies, and they were having a hard time doing it. Like that's what this person yeah. said to me. So yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, um, everybody's talking about institutional money coming in, and a lot of old investors are going, "Yeah, I don't know about that Bitcoin thing. I don't know about that." Yeah. I, I, well, there is. I, I, I mean, we might have to talk about this next time, um, and maybe bring on somebody who we can interview yeah. about it a little more. Um, because I posted something on Facebook. Why don't you ramble for one second while I try to find it? All right. So institutional money, when's that coming in? We, um, that's been like, I feel like that's been the theme since we got like the first ounce of, of a crash in like January. It was like, uh, we had, we had the CME and CBOE futures, uh, as the, that was kind of the, that heralded the beginning of, of this bear, this bear season actually. Right. So, December, it was December, I think it was December 23rd or 24th. That was like the beginning. That was the CME future. The CBO, CBOE futures was December 24th or something around there. That was when we got that crash down from like 19,000 to 10,000. And, uh, and, and that was our institutional money, basically. And that's what it did for us. And I think that a lot of people were thinking that some bigger banks, some bigger hedge funds were going to come in and save cryptocurrency. And that just didn't happen. Now, I think that there is we that we have reason to believe that there are institutions investing in crypto. But if they're doing it at all, they're doing it OTC. They're not going to be doing it on the exchanges that most people watch the charts of when they're doing their technical analysis and stuff like that. I mean, these hedge funds are not yeah. doing technical analysis or if they are, they're doing it with, with robots and, and not with, you know, some yeah, guy exactly. in front of they're a computer not. screen going, uh, <laughs> nobody on wall street uses TA. That's I, you know, a friend of mine used to work on wall street and he just laughed and said, all these idiots on, on, uh, on YouTube or doing TA and not a single person in wall, on Wall Street is actually, actually that's, doing TA. That's not entirely true. There are day traders that, that use TA, but they're not, I mean, they're, they're, they're day traders. They don't work for banks. They're, they're guys. Yeah, they don't know. He, he meant nobody working like in Wall Street. A day trader isn't really working on Wall Street. They're day yeah. trading. They're, you know, they're doing But I mean, there are home. people who- He means people like, people like at, at, you know, Lehman, I don't want to say Lehman Brothers, but you know, like the, the, the big institutions. Yeah. The, they're not using. There are TA. definitely guys who flip, you know, IPOs, and some of these guys work for hedge funds on Wall Street. But yeah, no, probably at the banks, they probably don't need to because it's all just a big inside job. Uh, yeah, but but, but yeah. they all have, you know, that, that's why a lot of them try to get as close to um, the trading center as possible to get their fiber cable as short as possible. Because the shorter the cable, the faster your robots can do the trade. Yeah. Uh, 
which is I'm pretty, actually curious. Which is how I, we had that flash crash about five years ago, six years ago. I don't I don't really know how how much even like the the quantitative analysis guys. I don't even know how popular that is. I mean, I'm sure all oh, there's there's all kinds of algos that are all kinds of uh, you know bots and and stuff that are. Well, if you watch billions, you'll realize how much they hate quants. Huh? Oh, really? I don't. <laughs> I haven't seen it. They hate quants. Yeah, as, he, as a quant is just Bobby Axelrod hated him and he fired all his quants. Because <laughs> a quant and, is just somebody who, who uses a computer to tell him when to buy and sell. That's what a quant is, right? Yeah. Okay. What yeah. does Bobby Axelrod so, does he uh, sit in front of Binance cool. and and watch the uh, the candles go up and down? <laughs> no. <laughs> so this article in Bitcoinist um, talks about custody, and this was one of the main things holding institutional investment in, in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And one of the quotes is, there are jurisdictions where it is illegal for an investment fund with more than $150 million under management to custody their own assets. So institutions have to work with trusted third parties, banks, and financial companies that hold their assets in legal safekeeping. So I didn't, you know, that that I didn't think about that so much where if I have fidelity handling my money, it's all insured, but with Bitcoin or Ethereum, you know, they hold on to the keys. If they lose the keys, is that money insured? And so you have to use a trusted third party. And it's going to take so long. And so the long. idea of, of keys. It's going to take yeah. so long for them but to get that under control. In this, in this same article, he's, uh, the last quote is, there are a lot of investors where custodianship was the final barrier. So custody. Over the next year, the market will come to recognize that custodianship is a solved problem. This will unlock a big wave of capital. So I think we're getting closer and closer to it. And once it and once it's uh, not an issue anymore, I think that's when we'll have just a massive, massive bull run. Once we get all that institutional money for 401ks and um, social, maybe, maybe social security, we'll jump, we'll put a little bit in, in crypto and I, I mean, I think it's just, I think it's the, the, the future. And so we do have, I mean, we do have like, I, I guess we don't quite have ETFs yet, like uh, electronically traded funds, but we do have, we do have Coinbase's index fund and we'll see how successful that is. I think it's kind of a joke or at least some kind of gimmick, but I think that maybe that's the beginning of, of something like that. The beginning of people feel. Well, it, I mean, I looked at it and it's just there for. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that, that is the there. first step towards people being more comfortable investing in crypto. And that's what Coinbase has always been. Coinbase is like the, it's got the front end that looks like a bank that you feel like it's like PayPal. Yeah. You, you feel comfortable. And it's actually insured. You feel comfortable putting your money in the Bitcoin if Coinbase has it. And, uh, yeah, and if so, so their USD wallet is FDIC insured, which just means that the U.S. government's going to print money to pay them back if it all gets mm-hmm. stolen. Um, hence they, the inflationary and deflationary. And they but their but their crypto wallets are insured by a bank. So if they lose it, like what happened with the the Japanese exchange that lost all the NEM, they replaced it. They got the money back. They they figured it out and they gave people back. And the same thing. That happened with the with the hack a couple of weeks ago. They're refunding everyone's crypto, yeah. and so I think now these bigger ones they're realizing they have to insure if they want to stick around. Okay. If they want to get long term so, clients, they have to insure. So my these point things. is, is that they have they have an index fund now. They're putting on this face that says, "Hey, come invest with us. It's safe. It's friendly. You can't die from it. You can't get all your money stolen." And I think that's what needs to happen. For people to start feeling comfortable, but I mean, in the meantime, like it's it's actually surprising. We, I mean, we kind of make fun of technical analysis in a way. We, you know, because I mean, it's it's one of these things that is such a phenomenon in in cryptocurrency, and uh, you know, I I know people who do like foreign <clears throat> foreign currency, like forex trading and stuff like that, and they make a decent living at it. Um, I don't, I don't really know how they can do it. It seems incredibly boring to me, but, um, but in crypto, it's like a, it's like a religion, you know, like people like they, they yeah. love it. They're addicted to it, like gambling. And, uh, yeah. and some people are probably really good at it. Like just like the Forex guys. 
And, uh, and, and I think that, I think that because of that, because it's still such a small, these markets are so small, it's one of the few places where technical analysis actually can work is when everyone is making their, their trades based on the same information, based on the same graph or same chart. It's, it's a, a self-fulfilling it's a prophecy. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, uh, everybody is making their choices based on the same things. So it really does, it really does kind of have an effect. And that, but once you get the big boys involved with the robots, none of that's going to matter. There are anymore. already lots of robots, and that's that's actually fascinating to me that they're not even big boys. I mean, there are people who are running bots from their apartments and stuff like that, and they're making decisions. Yeah. Oh no, I just mean, I just mean in the sense of you can, I can run a bot oh, right man. now, but I'm dealing with a thousand dollars. If I'm if I'm running a bot with a billion dollars that's a big deal like that's going to make that's going to swing the market uh, and we like have no idea i mean like we th- we we think that the markets are manipulated now just just wait until people with a whole lot of money come in and start swinging it up and down yeah so and there's no government regulation for it because you can't govern a hundred different that's countries perfect Perfect segue into the last thing that we want to talk about, which is decentralized exchanges, which are exchanges that you just yeah. cannot regulate at all, for better or for worse. Um, they're coming, and for for some reason, it seems to me that that some people don't even believe that they're going to be a thing. Like some people just feel like it's. I don't know. I don't know if. I mean, I see on Twitter some people just don't want to use them. They're too slow. They're too the the fees are too high, whatever it is. Um, there's no liquidity there's, right now. So. Yeah, so you can't trade with them. You can't be a day trader on like IDEX or Ether Delta or whatever. But um, yeah, so like Binance, they, somebody did a chart, and last week Binance had 168 billion dollars of tra- or 168 million dollars of traffic, and the highest decentralized exchange had five. Yeah, million. I, but when. I mean, right now we have Huobi, Huobi Pro, and their Haydex, and that's been relatively successful. There aren't very many coins being traded on it, but I think that's because not many people have been comfortable using it. But when Binance Chain comes out, I think it's going to be a different story because, first of all, we don't know how centralized Binance Chain is actually going to be. I, I no one really knows because they haven't made any of it public. But the idea, the idea behind a decentralized exchange is that anybody can trade anything. Anybody can list anything. The, the Binance won't, in theory, have control over what gets listed. That'll just be up to whoever wants to list it. Yeah, anybody can list anything once that now, happens. What, what, what I think would be a better, and I'm sure someone's doing this, and I think altcoin.io or, or altio, or I forget, I forget the name of it. Um, I think they're doing it where... Instead of creating an exchange, they're creating an interface that all the exchanges can take the IP, uh, uh, API, APK, whatever. What's what's that what one? What are you talking about? SDK, software development <laughs> kit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you just they 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 put it out there, and any decentralized exchange can tap into kind of like the brain. And so they're all, anybody can take from anyone else's liquidity pool. So they all can tap in as opposed to a a decentralized exchange having to have all their own liquidity. They can tap into this one mainframe and every single, so instead of saying like, I have to use Binance, even though I don't like the interface because it has the most liquidity, you could say I can use whatever one because they all tap into the same brainchild and they're all exchanging with each other. Okay. I was thinking when this when Binance Chain actually does launch, it probably won't be fully decentralized at first. I mean, I have a feeling that because Binance has their reputation riding on what they're doing, and yeah. and the thing that yeah. people love about Binance is that it runs so well as a centralized exchange. How they've they've actually proven yeah. themselves to be the most reliable, most trustworthy, the most on top of their shit. And uh, if they have a decentralized exchange with their name on it, they're not gonna they're not gonna want people to have a user experience that is bad. Otherwise, they'll take the blame. Yeah. And every user, the user experience of every IDEX or Ether Delta or whatever is is bad. I mean, 
there's no way that they can launch a decentralized exchange, a DEX, and have it run quickly and cheaply. That's just not that's not the way they work because I mean the the stellar the stellar exchange right now that's kind of a dex I mean it is a dex um, it's very basic and there's no liquidity uh-huh. and so so binance is going to have a bunch of mark they're going to have a bunch of market makers come in and probably pump up the liquidity just to and make it happen. Yeah. And they can do that and stay decentralized, sure. But as far as I, I don't I don't know. I have a feeling that they're probably even gonna limit the the coins that can be on there somehow. I don't know. I don't know. CZ specifically said the the danger of a DEX is that he's not gonna have any control not of what any gets control? listed. Because people were complaining over the last couple of weeks about how it was costing more to list uh, a token on an exchange than it was to list a stock on and the stock market. And yet, people really, really love those Binance pumps. So uh, w- w- those are going to be gone um, when when CZ doesn't have control over what coins get on his exchange. And I think the Huobi pumps, the Huobi too, pumps, those are huge. I mean, these are these are things that have become anything that adds reliability or adds. Adds frequency. Uh, reliability is a better word. Reliability, stability to cryptocurrency is something that we like. You know, like especially if you're into you know trading, or you know swing trading or whatever. Like you want things that are somewhat predictable, and uh, and I think like these Binance and these exchange pumps are something that you know if Binance lists a cryptocurrency, you can you can. You can be relatively assured that that project has some integrity behind it, and it will probably go up in value. Yeah. The next time we see a bull run, all of those coins are going to go up, and uh, and all and all of those pro- projects will get some attention. But but with a Dex, that's a different story, and I think that people need to know this before they start. You know, I I think it's going to be a good thing when we have. F- all the exchanges are decentralized because they won't be able to be regulated. They won't be able to be shut down. They will be censorship resistant. And uh, and they won't be able to be tracked. I think those will be great things. Um, it'll 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 they'll actually be literally free markets, and they'll be an amazing experiment to see how the, how well that works. But I think people will be shocked at first when that's what we have to work with. So. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't foresee it going well for a while. Um, that being said, uh, we both have been talking about maybe bringing in some people to interview. So. Hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, Michael and the Bear, and let us know uh, what topics you're interested in hearing about, and then we'll try to find somebody who knows about it, and then we'll interview them. Um, Should I play the music? Yeah, let's play it. Thanks for listening. It was fun. And we're going to talk over the music like we oh, always do. still looking do. for a slogan. JJ and Michael and the Bear. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love this song. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Michael and the Bear. I'm Michael. I'm JJ. That was my cue, right? I got yeah, it. We rock. Nice. Was that it? Are we-